let's look at your position. I mean, I asked you this at one time. So you, you, last time we talked, I think you were getting something about <coughs> hundred million downloads a, a month on your podcast. What are your yeah. figures? If you didn't, if you don't mind, what are your double figures? That. Like, oh, <coughs> double that. Yeah, Jesus crazy. Christ. That's just unbelievable. Especially with YouTube with uh, the YouTube and all the YouTube clips and it's, it's, it's actually probably more than that. It's nuts. I, it's gotten to the point where I try to pay as little attention to the numbers as possible and just concentrate on doing the show because what? I think if I pay attention to it too much, <coughs> excuse me, I think if I pay attention to it too much, I might lose my mind. I mean, it's just, it's, it's untenable. There's just the sheer volume of human beings. When you, if you, if you were ever on a stage and you were looking out at 300 million people, what would that look like? I mean, it's not 300 million people because it's 300 million downloads in a month, but the, the real number of human beings you're interacting with, I mean, I don't know what that is. Is it 50 million people? I don't know how many actual million people are listening to the show or watching the show on a regular basis, but it's an unmanageable number in terms of like reading comments or trying to pay attention to what they want or what they don't want. It's uh, it's very strange. Yes. It's a very weird, it's a very weird position to be in. There's no doubt. And the strange thing is too, is that, well, we've talked about this before too. Like this is early days, right? I mean, th this has only been happening for about, how long have you been doing your YouTube videos? The YouTube videos are only a few years. So I think it's only three or four years. The podcast will be 10 years in December. Right. Okay. So 10 years, that's starting to become a decent chunk of life. But three or four years, that's still new. And yeah. then, I mean, the podcast market and the YouTube market are still, they're brand new technologies fundamentally. And yeah, so fundamentally. And now you're seeing corporations trying to capitalize on it. And you know, I've started to get these very bizarre offers to make my podcast exclusive on this platform or that platform. And, you know, these, these companies are, they're throwing crazy amounts of money around at podcasts, uh, like uh, networks, hundreds of millions of dollars to buy podcast networks. So it's, it's, it's becoming very, very strange because what was a joke five or six years ago, literally like, why are you wasting your time doing a podcast? I used to hear that all the time. Now it's, how did you do this? How did you make this podcast so popular? That yeah. get a totally different question. So, has anybody caught the first episode of the new season of Black Mirror? I had a friend who was like, you need to watch this. You need to watch it. Oh my God, my voice is dying. <coughs> My friend told me to watch it, and I waited so long. Finally, this weekend, I sat down with Brian, and I'm like, dude, my friend keeps telling me to watch this episode of Black Mirror. You want to watch it together? So we did. And spoiler alerts coming, okay? But it was a crazy episode. It still has my head fucked up. And here's why. So in this episode, there's these two friends, male friends, okay? They have this little chip they can put on their temple. And they're in the game. And in the game, they fuck. 
Now, here's what makes it interesting. One of the guys plays a male character. One of the guys plays a female character. And they fuck in the game. So here's crazy part number one. The guy, the other guy who fucks as a girl, how do you feel being fucked as a female, as a man? I must know. <laughs> Obviously, it's all pretend and stuff, but it messes your head up because he doesn't want to be a male character. They never switch characters during the duration, during the duration of the episode. And they can't stop fucking each other in the game. They just can't stop. Not at all. And this this friend who plays the girl <clears throat> is like begging his other friend not to stop playing. Because eventually he does. Because he's like, yo, I'm married. It's not fair to my wife. Him and his wife go out to dinner and they talk about this whole thing. And she's like, I just want to get out and fuck sometimes. And you never look at me the same and all this kind of stuff. Eventually, he does end up telling her. He does end up telling her about it. And at the end of the episode, I think it's like their anniversary. It's like a, it's a weekly thing or something. It, it wasn't really specified. But they trade boxes his little tiny box has that chip in it and he's allowed to go and video game air quotes with his buddy and she takes her ring off and she goes and does her thing when she wants to and there you go there's the compromise it's a crazy look at how virtual relationships are going to change our lives. And it's something that we can't escape from. The whole episode about all of this stuff, Brian and I could not stop talking about it because it was so crazy. Because this is our lives now. You know what I mean? We kind of have these crazy separate mental lives on the internet a little bit. And it has interesting implications for the future. And I'm sure there are people that are dealing with this now. And it's something that I've touched on a lot. Like, people want what they want. You can't stop them from wanting what they want. Here's the crazy thing about that episode. The guy who played the guy in the video game was like, we just need to meet up. And he's like, just fucking kiss me, man. I just need to find out if there's something beyond the game or what. They end up trying to kiss and then they start trying to fight. Because <laughs> his buddy's like, no, it's just in the game. Like, I feel nothing towards you in real life. But in the game, though, can we just game? Come on, just once. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> This friend of his has fucked all other players that he's been able to get access to in this game. He's like, I fucked a panda, man. <laughs> I didn't even consider what that would be like. But how fucking weird is that to think about? Dude, you fucking animals? Come on. Come on. What's happening? <laughs> 
Regardless, it was a crazy episode, and I highly recommend you check it out because it will have you thinking, what the fuck is going on? What's going on? But the cool lesson is you got to learn to accept and compromise, find a reasonable and realistic solution that doesn't take away from both parties being happy. And it was a great way to illustrate that because I think as we continue to use the internet more, as we connect to people more from other places who we're inevitably going to find interesting at one point or take a liking to or whatever, these are things we're going to have to deal with. You're either going to be lying about it or you're going to have to deal with it, honestly. And in this show... The two people decided they want to make their marriage work. This is how they're going to make their marriage work. A little bit of a compromise. Go have a little bit of fun. Don't trap people you love with you. You know, let them be a little free. Let them enjoy their lives too. And it's hard to do because we have this weird kind of ownership over people when we marry them or when we're in relationships with them. And... I mean, relationships are just intrinsically restrictive. There's things you can't do, and that's fair. That's kind of what comes with being committed. But when it's been years and years, and things you want change, but you don't want to end your marriage and you still want to do that whole thing, what else is there to do but actually just fucking talk to your partner about it? That's the hard thing in all these things. And eventually he does end up talking to her, and look how it turned out. They managed to make it work. Good job, Black Mirror. You fucked my head, and then you left me with a comforting solution. You know? Good show. I'm glad I took that recommendation. Still messing my head up. How does a guy know what it's like to be fucked as a girl? That's still in my head. (laughs) That's crazy. So I was like, you know what's weird? How come in the whole episode they didn't switch? How come the other guy didn't try and be a girl and see what that was like? Because if his buddy can do it, clearly or surely they must be able to switch characters and feel what it's like to have the opposite sex's gender. I mean, opposite sex's genitals, right? I don't know, dog. I'm just watching and all I've got is questions. But cool episode. I liked it. I liked it. It got my brain jogging a little bit. It got my brain jogging a little bit. Very, very interesting. You know what else I recognized about myself? Yesterday, I was doing a lot of Remember the parents and Charlie Brown? That's what I sounded like yesterday when I was sitting here talking about stuff. And uh, it's something that I don't often talk about because I like to work through, uh, through it on my own and I don't like to complain about it. But you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to tell you once again how I really feel. As I age, I recognize I get more jaded and cynical about people. You know, I, I'm pushing back against that all the time. And sometimes I have a really difficult time. When I really start to think about people, people I've known, people in my life, I'm also unlucky because I've known a lot of 
shitty people who just sucked. They sucked the life out of you. I call them vampires. They just drain you. And no matter what you do, if you're in their sphere of influence in any way, they're just a negative force of energy. You know, I do want to care about people and I do care about people. But sometimes I don't want to. <laughs> I feel like I need to actively disconnect from that. And it's quite a task. I obviously can't totally stay away from people because internet. And also, my favorite people are on the internet, thank God. So it kind of assuages me thinking about how lame people can be. Because let's face it, like 98% of you out there suck. You suck. And everybody around you has got to deal with you. Imagine being that person. Imagine being the kind of person that people feel like they need to deal with. Because you've just got too much garbage and too much shit that you're not fixing in your head. Right? That's kind of what I do in my life is I avoid people like that because I want minimal problems. But it's like there's a flip side to that and that is people need help. And people also need friends, and some people need guidance too. Just like, I'm going to need that shit too. I need that guidance. I need that kind of stuff. Because I ain't a genius. Contrary to popular belief. <laughs> I am not a genius. Basically, my whole thing is, I just want to connect with people like me, who have the same kind of idea, you know what I mean? Keeping it chill, handle your fucking mental problems. Venting to your friends is one thing. Never fixing your problems becomes complainery if you're doing just that. Never trying to fix your problems or resolve your issues. Eventually, people break and they can't keep their mouths shut anymore and they need people to talk to. You know? Myself, what I do here is I, what am I doing? I'm kind of creating a bit of an emotional safety net that I want. And I'm doing that in a kind of unsafe place here. And it's not everybody's going to find people this way. And sometimes I wonder if it is the healthiest way to find people, right? Um, I don't even know exactly how to work through this issue of like trying to get people or find a way to, to encourage them to like deal with their problems. It always helps when you have people to do that. But not everybody has time to come on the internet, right? To do all this kind of stuff. Where am I even going with this? The whole point of this was I have to work through when I get annoyed with people this feeling of just irritation with the world like hello this is simple whatever your problem is the simplest solution is available to you you know what the simple solution is talk to your fucking family talk to your spouse talk to your friends if you've got a problem with them just be honest and real it feels like it's way more of a tense thing for people to have those conversations, but it isn't. 
It actually relieves the tension the more you sit in it and actually talk about it and work through it. If you don't, you're constantly going to be in that state of tension and you're going to continuously gain more traction with that tension and it's just going to get worse. And then what happens is people like that can be difficult to hang out with, you know, and there's always a level of projection happening when they have problems that they're putting on you or they're putting outward, or they're finding ways to say that something's wrong without directly saying that things are wrong. And I don't want to guess. I don't want to guess if you've got a problem. If you've got a problem, just talk to me about it and we can sort it out. It always boils down to people having their individual issues that drives me absolutely insane. And then everybody else is left to deal with those things. It's hard not to be jaded. It's hard not to have that much of an interest in going out into the world and trying to make friends. And then there's this whole like, people are just trying to exploit you for something, thing, that I'm not a big fan of. So where in all of that am I supposed to find a way to fix the problems that everybody has? I can't. (laughs) I can pick one or two people and try to help. That's where I've landed with this. That's where I've landed with this. And in the meantime, I'm just going to sit here and not try and run through my head all the reasons why people suck, because that's what I did this weekend, you know? And it's a lot of the ways in which I suck in mild ways, too. Like that Instagram stuff I talked about on social media, it's something that I actually do enjoy participating in. I think it's fun. But how much is too much? Right? How much is too much? Let's interact now. Let's see. I got comments from you guys. You listened. You said hi. Let's see what you had to say. So, from the last episode. Amy, I'm the person who parents warn their children to stay away from. The devil himself. I spent almost 10 years in a federal prison as a consequence of trying to be a gang-banging thug. I am now only learning how to be a parent, and I am very open and honest with my son, and I'm glad he is a good kid and very smart and an honor roll student. There's too many kids out there with no direction from their parents being brought up in shitty households. The moral of the story, people be careful, their shit is really shitty. People like me out there on social media have done shitty things to a lot of people. You never know who you're talking to. That is kind of a a creepy thing about the internet, is that you really don't know who you're talking to. A lot of people are using pseudonyms, and they're hiding their identity and their age and things about them, first of all, that kind of make it an iffy environment for a kid to begin with. You know, uh, how young is too young? When should kids be allowed on the internet? It's interesting, like, there are 14-year-olds... In that politics Discord, I'm sure of it. I think the age limit on Discord is 13, but there are a few really young people in there. And it's really strange when 14-year-olds, to some degree, are interacting with people who are in their late 20s, 30s, maybe even 40s. It's very interesting. What else is interesting is how older people react to younger kids. And kind of bully them around a little bit, you know? When you have other people saying, yo, dude, chill out. It's just a kid. 
Yo, you shouldn't need to be told that. <laughs> it's a kid. <coughs> there you go. There's coughs for ya. Because I'm gross. But you really don't know what you're going to find on the internet. The internet is the wild, wild west of the 21st century. Shit's crazy out here. You don't know what you're going to run into. I couldn't imagine being a parent with a kid who's like just starting to use the internet. And stuff like that makes me glad I don't have one. Because as soon as I start thinking about stuff stuff like that, I start tripping. I'm like, how am I supposed to tell my kid not to do this, this, and this? You teenagers have phones and stuff now, too, which is really crazy. Getting back to this comment, though. I think it's good that you cleaned your life up and now you're a good dad. Let's hope that it stays that way. Okay? Take care of your children and be a good support system and a good example for them. Because you are their example as parents. Again, like... I think I'm just lucky. I got lucky because my parents are fuck shows. And somehow I managed to not be totally insane. I always say I think it would have been way too easy for me to end up hoeing it out on the street and getting into drugs and some crazy fucked up stuff. Luckily, it didn't work like that for me. I'm so, so glad. All right, let's go to the next comment. There's nothing more cathartic and crucial to the human experience than having a friend that you can be vulnerable in front of. It's usually not pleasant when you do it, but you're better off for doing so. Exactly. This is what's important about having conversations with people and really telling them how you feel. It is hard to do. Truth is hard. We can't even deal with our own truth sometimes. So imagine trying to tell somebody you love something that is going to affect your relationship. And people will keep things under wraps and quiet for a long time because they don't want to disrupt their relationship. They have some weird sort of illusion that there's some harmony happening. Yeah, on the face of it. On the face, you guys are harmonizing great. But underneath it all, you're a chaotic mess inside and this one thing that you have is just eating you up you need to be able to tell the people you love about those things especially if it is making your relationship hard if there are elephants in the room for either person in either party you should be able to talk about those things and the only way to get better with vulnerability and getting comfortable with yourself is A, by talking to yourself and telling yourself the truth and then B, start getting used to talking to people about the shit that's hard to talk about because when you're an adult, you shouldn't have a problem saying what you want and what you need. This is something we seem to not appreciate about each other as human beings is that we change so much. Experience and the years lived change us over time of course they do if they didn't you're nothing your brain is frozen you know let it go let it go (laughs) you know life is weird we are weird everything is strange and we're just constantly reacting to stimulus in our environment and sometimes that shit will change you it will change what you want 
And how do you deal with that? You want to sit there with the rest with that information for the rest of your life and deny yourself the freedom of at least being honest about it if you're not going to act on whatever it is that you're feeling feelings about? Come on, man. We've all got that stuff. We've all got things we want to do that based on some circumstance we're not allowed to engage in. But you can't help what you want. Nobody can. So we got to be able to talk to each other about stuff. And even if you're hurt or whatever it is, I'm talking about like dark secrets and shit. But what about just stuff that you're bothered about with your partner? You need to be able to talk about that stuff. It requires being vulnerable. Plus, how do you get tight with people? How do you build trust? How do you deepen your relationship if you're not going to trust the people that you're close to with information of that nature, you just got to have good relationships and be honest in them as much as you can. And where it's difficult to strategize a bit, you know, but be real about it. You feel what you feel and it is what it is. It's kind of a nice thing to not have like a boyfriend or someone like this who I would be stressed out and nervous and worried to tell whatever I am about to tell them if it's anything of that nature. It's kind of nice, but at the same time, it doesn't really matter because I just tell them. <clears throat> I'm a rude like that. I'm a rude nigga. I just tell you to your face. Actually, that's the nicest thing you can do to someone. Breaking someone's heart, honestly, is the nicest thing you can do for them. Instead of dragging them along with you for years and years in this unhappiness that is veneered with just fakery and bullshit. I'm not a fan of that fakery and bullshit. Our lives aren't reality TV shows. Our lives are our lives. Take control of your shit, dog. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Thanks for the comment, my friend. This vid was recommended after this one. Wonder what YouTube was trying to tell me. So my video was recommended after George Carlin talking about racism. Thanks, Tails. <laughs> YouTube might be telling you something correctly in this instance, my friend. So I'm just going to drink my coffee, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. I'm not on social media neither. Oh, I'm not on social media. Neither are two or three of my close friends. Their wives, however, are constantly posting pics from social events. They're more bothered about people seeing what they're doing than actually enjoying what they're doing. It's ridiculous. It's all just for validation. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing that everybody seems to be engaged in where they need to show everybody what they're doing. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a big show-off. I like to do that, too. There's something about it that's exciting. I've definitely gotten better at it where my phone is mostly away. Dude, I hung out with my friend. We said we were going to take a selfie together this weekend, and we didn't even do that because we got so caught up having fun. You know, we went for a walk this weekend, and he's like, yo, don't bring your phone. And I was like, what? Seriously? Because 
you want to know the time. You want to be able to call someone in case you get lost, which is very easy to do when you're high. But we were like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck the phones. Let's just spend time, you and me, and go for a walk and chill at the park. And we did, and we had a great time. And every time I do stuff like that, where I'm ignoring or leave my phone behind, I recognize I don't have that anxiety or need to pull my phone out and take a picture because I'm distracted by what I'm supposed to be doing, which is spending time with my friend. Um, I don't know what it is, why there's a need to show off. I don't know. Because like I said, I have it too. It's not for, I don't care if I get the likes. I, I just like to be like, look what I'm doing. I'm having fun. Post, leave. But I know a lot of people will post stuff and then they'll wait for the likes to come in. And I'm like, what the fuck? I could never do that shit for validation. You know, <laughs> it's like, come on. Why aren't you caring about being validated by your friends around you at the event that you're at? Why don't you care about that? Are you not getting something from there that you're missing? You're getting these artificial pings of approval because your picture was nice or you look like you're having fun or whatever. Meanwhile, here you are sitting anxiously waiting for people to like your photo. Am I cool for being out? I have friends. Ha ha ha. What is it? I actually am interested to know the reasoning behind that. Because I've never posted something and then stared and waited for likes. I post it. I leave it. I come back the next day and I'm like, oh shit, look at that. <laughs> huh. This social media stuff is warping our brains. I don't think it's a psychologically healthy thing for us. It's not good to have access to so many other people who are just full of shit. Who are just full of shit. And telling you their lives are great. I honestly don't believe these people's lives are as great as they say they are. But who am I to say? That's just an assumption. I have one anecdotal example that I've been harping on all weekend about this stuff. But I've seen the pattern before. You know, I've talked to people before who I'm like, oh man, you look like you've been having such a great time. I uh, kept in touch with your Instagram, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, I feel like shit. I've been feeling like shit forever. And I'm like, what? Tricked again, Amy. You got tricked again by the facade. And it's so easy to get tricked by the facade, bro. Good lord. Let's see. How do you do it? Now I just limit my time. I don't need to post every single thing or take pictures of every single thing. Now my Instagram is memes. Because, yo, everybody connects over memes, right? Memes are awesome because there's so many of them that make us aware of just the stupid shit that we do all the time and how stupid our brains can be and just the stupid ways in which we think and conduct activities sometimes makes no sense and it's more fun to connect over how silly we are together than anything else right because we're all silly little human beings we're just running around 
trying to figure shit out all the time. Nobody has any answers. <laughs> That's the real scary thing. Nobody has any answers. No big ones. And what are we doing here, really? What are we doing here? We're here to enjoy, sure. You can say that. That makes it easy to justify your existence. But remember, you're trying to justify your existence subjectively in, a, in an objective universe that gives zero fucks about your existence. You're just something the universe did. None of us are really special. But we kind of are, though. Right? We kind of are. It's kind of cool to be a human being. It is the best ride on the planet. So I get it. Sometimes I'm like, dude, I'm so lucky I'm human. It's so cool. It is pretty fucking cool. I gotta say. I gotta say. All right. The next one is long. Will Anderer. Jesus, how do you have time to type such long messages? Not complaining, but it's long. Ready? Social media has given an outlet to hollow people who constantly seek validation from others. It's like a drug to many. Taking a walk through a park that I visit on the regular, I can't help but notice how many people, mostly women, have their phone out. Same with restaurants. How can you be fully in the moment if you're constantly looking at your phone or taking a selfie? Holy shit. This one word has triggered me. Restaurant. You are going to dinner with your friends, right? This has happened to me. This happened to me like four or five years ago. And it pissed me off so much because I used to be very much about my phone. But I hadn't seen these girls in a long time. And I don't really like going out with people I haven't seen in a long time, period. If I'm not trying to get a hold of you, I don't care if I see you ever again. You know what I'm saying? So... I decided, all right, I'm going to go out with the girls. I'll go have some dinner. There were six of us. Five of them had their phones in their hand. And I was just sitting there looking around with my phone face down and finally was like, hey, is there somebody else you would rather be spending time with right now? Because if there is, go to them. Why are you wasting my fucking time when I could be chilling at home and on my phone talking to you morons? You've invited me out for dinner and every single one of you is on your phone? This shit is so rude. How are you going to do that? Yo, you want to send a text quickly because you have to let someone know something, whatever? Do your thing. You want to sit at a dinner table for a dinner you arranged with people and you want to be texting? Fuck you. Don't disrespect my time. You understand? Just don't invite me. I'd rather not even spend the time to make it out here to see you if you're just going to text the whole time. Let's all go to dinner together so we can all text our other friends. Dude, go see your other fucking friends. That drives me crazy. You can't spend time with people properly if you're going to pull your phone out. If your phone is the focal point of your meeting. What the hell kind of logic is that? God, that kind of shit pisses me off. Let's go out to dinner, but I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to people in my phone. Oof. Listen to that. There's my Fitbit going off. 
It was dead yesterday, so it didn't, and today it is not. <sighs> okay, 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 I'm coming back, I'm coming back, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. I'm coming back, and here I am right now. I'm back. So yeah, that pisses me off. Dude, if you're going to go hang out with people, put your phone away. It's that simple. Spend time with the people that you have arranged to spend time with. Chill out and sit with them. I can't remember, but I was this attached to my phone. Not like be rude at dinner, obsessed with my phone, but I always had to have it near me. I always, it had to be in a place where I could see it all the time. And when I couldn't see it, I would freak the fuck out. I'm glad (laughs) as I'm getting older that I'm getting less and less attached to it. But all my friends, my closest friends are in my phone. So I just use one or two platforms now to keep in touch with them. And that's how I'd like to keep it. I need to limit myself. You know, all my notifications for everything, Instagram, Facebook, all the other stuff except for those two messaging apps that I use are on silent. I do not check notifications. I never check my Instagram DMs. It's very rare that I do. I know people message me there. I should check it, but I fucking don't because that's more time that it's going to suck out of my life. You know, I like to allot some time to make sure there are certain people I am talking to every day and getting a hold of. Those people are important. That's my core group. That's the grilled cheese gang. That's the that's who keeps the force field lit. And that's the people that I'm going to try and put an effort in getting a hold of. Other than that, I'm not too concerned. So now my habits are different. I keep my phone kind of out of sight, out of mind, unless I need it. I do use it for a lot of things other than communicating with people, right? So I have the Note app, which I use like crazy. When I'm out, I have a thought. I want to jot that down. That's what I do. I jot it down in there. And then I want to refine it and think about it some more. And then, ta-da, there's my thing to talk about or touch on or whatever. Whenever that topic comes up again in my head or I want to talk about it. But sometimes you're out and you're about and you just think about something. And then, bam, there it is. Back to this comment. When I was on Facebook many years ago, I was perpetually in a bad place. Not that I was active on there, but I was under a constant barrage of fakeness of how wonderful everyone's lives, how wonderful everyone's life is. I knew it was fake, but everything is so in your face nowadays. Being an introvert, I witness this stuff and wonder if these people are really more socially advanced than I am. I don't think people who are constantly on Facebook and using social media platforms are. I think they're good at being social online. But in real life, they're awkward and they don't know how to talk to people, you know? And there's this meme on the internet of like, I'm just an awkward person. I can talk online, but I can't talk in real life. Why? I don't understand that. I'm this crazy in real life. (laughs) I had a conversation this weekend after I woke up in the morning with a couple of my friends my friend Brian and I, I rang a couple of my friends and we just talked like it was no big deal. Just had a conversation because we're all very chill people and we like to talk. But you know what's interesting? We're less on the social media. 
than most people. People who seem to be on the social media a lot more don't seem to be able to connect in the same way with people. And it's weird because I think that Facebook and social media, it creates the illusion of connection. But there's no real connection there, you know? There really isn't. It just creates an illusion because people like your images and they're seeing your images. They're forced to if they're following you. They can't even not scroll past your shit. <laughs> As a young child, I observed what my mom and family were like and how they treated me. And I went the complete opposite. I've had my struggles and failures in life, but one thing I've succeeded in is doing exactly what I promised myself as a child I never wanted to be. And you know, I'm not humbled by it, but motivated, motivated to be better. The scars run deep, but there's nothing I could have done. It took me many years to not guilt trip that onto myself, though I'm still cruel to myself in different ways. My self-esteem was shot to hell before it even got the chance. I never had a chance, but here I am 30 years later. Yeah, I don't think social media would help with any of these family issues, too. Dude, people do crazy shit to each other on social media as family and try and get at each other and do weird shit. And, like, this is a very big sign of disrespect these days. But if you unfriend someone on Facebook, holy shit, apparently that's a huge offense, which I didn't know. I found that out a few years ago when I was, maybe it was five years ago now. I was dating this guy, dude, and his family was, they seemed really great. But then sometimes it would just get into these kerfuffles and you would see dumb shit happen on Facebook. And you're like, really? This is tacky. This is tacky if your family stuff in any way is on Facebook. If you're making comments and snide remarks about your mom and stuff on Facebook and trying to be quiet about it. Dude, this guy used to write Facebook statuses about me and I didn't follow him on Facebook. I had deleted my account. I didn't want anything to do with it because he was just that kind of person. Every opinion and everything had to go on Facebook. And people knew who his girlfriend was. People knew who his fucking family was. And he would just say shit. And it was like, what are you doing? This is more embarrassing on you. Never mind me. You're coming on Facebook and you're complaining about your problems. And then you refuse to talk about those problems in real life. That's healthy? No. You're a fuck show. You are a fuck show. How did I get here with you? <laughs> and I look back and I'm like, God, my choices really were a reflection of how broken and fucked up I was. That I was willing to deal with just the most abhorrent and nefarious behavior to feel like somebody loved me. Gross. That is so gross. You ever do that? You ever look back on your life and think, how did I allow myself to get into this situation? This is how desperate I was. This is how badly I needed love and attention that I got with a person like this. A man child. A man child. And recognize this, darling ladies. You attract man-children because you are also a fucking child. Okay? Okay. 
don't get it twisted. It's not his fault that he's a man-child. Why did you choose to be with the guy? And once you recognize that this is how he is, why do you continue to stay with him? That is a question that I cannot answer because I stayed in a shit relationship for five years. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh no. Wait. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. This is what happens when you do the mushrooms. You get in your head. You start looking at everything in your life again. And you start to assess your behavior and the shit that you do. I do. This stuff always gets me in my feels. Like the, the next three or four days later, I'm trying to work through all the things that constantly bother me that I don't let bother me. And the mushrooms are like, dude, this bothers you way more than you admit to yourself. Sometimes you are just a misanthrope. That's what it feels like. You just want to sit here and complain about other people. <laughs> and I do. It's a pointless exercise. But I do want to do it because they're frustrating. You know why? Because every day I have to wake up, I have to go out into the world, and people like this are the kind of people I need to avoid. I'm evading, <clears throat> I'm evading bitch-ass niggas all day. Okay? <laughs> That's how I feel. That's how I feel. And like, I have this disgust factor too. So as soon as I start thinking about those negative qualities, they are associated with feelings of disgust. So I do have kind of an overblown reaction to these things. But I guess that's how my brain has kind of like, it thinks of people like that as some kind of a disease or ailment. I don't want to get mentally ill. So I stay away from people who can stoke that in me because I'm susceptible to it straight susceptible we all are and then i'm like yo i be alone it's much better than dealing with people like this and being alone you understand the value of having real friends because it's not like it isn't a lonely place to be it's not like it isn't a difficult place to be and sometimes it's frustrating because you don't want to feel lonely you want to feel like there's someone out there who thinks like you or someone out there that you can have a conversation with easily about difficult things and it not destroy or cause any more difficulty in your relationship. If your relationship is, is a good one, talking about the problems will ease the tension over time, not cause more. And if it causes more, that's not the relationship for you. That's where I found myself in life. You know what I'm saying? And the end of this comment, people are shocked when they find, find, I can't read this morning. People are shocked when they find out I've never done drugs or gotten into alcohol, not even a puff or a sip. I mean, congratulations. Good for you. That's good. It is surprising just because they are fun things to engage in if you're not going mental about it. Drugs and alcohol are nice to consume if you are not so much of a fuck show. That's my new word. Fuck show. If you're not so much of a fuck show that it's going to interrupt your life so bad and consumes you to a point where all you want to do is consume drugs and alcohol. So I always bitch to Brian about this. I'm like, you know what sucks about us is like we are responsible drug takers. Never once have we done anything so dumb 
that our lives were at risk. Never once have we said anything to anybody, done anything to anybody. Never have we behaved like that. Every time we engage in these activities, it's at his home. We're in a safe place. We know what we're doing. We've done it before. And we we talk about the things we're going to do ahead of time. And we stick to that. We don't bother anybody. We don't cause any disturbances. Honestly, we sit down, we giggle, we watch shows, we have really deep conversations about people and behavior and cool shit and other cool stuff. We'll listen to music like it's a straight chill session. Yo, if everybody did it like that, there wouldn't be a problem. Clearly, that's not how it goes. And these these heavy drugs, these mushrooms, your acid, your psychedelics, these are not for everybody. They certainly are not for everybody. They've worked great for me, and I can manage myself in that high, which is amazing to think about because I'm fucking wild. But no. It's like a, it just works for us. We have a great time. It's unfortunate there are people it doesn't work for. And if you actually have any kind of deep mental illness or something like that, yes, they are, you know, they're playing with these things and testing these things now and trying to see if they could administer them as some sort of alleviation for depression or for deeper connection, because certainly in smaller doses, they could help people. But obviously, those things need to be tested in an environment that is going to be safe should something go wrong, because it is obviously more likely to. These kinds of drugs aren't things to play with. Neither is alcohol. I'm not a big fan of people who get drunk all the time. Like my, my father was an alcoholic, so of course I have an aversion to that. I'm more of a weed and psychedelics two or three times a year type of person as opposed to getting wasted. But I do like the occasional drink, too. You know? You know, sometimes you just need a mental break. Luckily, I get one when I have a sip of alcohol or do some mushrooms or whatever. I'm lucky. I'm lucky. In a lot of ways, I'm lucky. And I acknowledge that. Let's see. I don't know these timestamps, but... The hardcore gentleman says from 34 to 34.58 in the last episode of the Thoughtcast. That is one of the examples of how social media can be like an addictive hard drug. Where to the point, they do not know how to interact with people in real life. Some people that are addicted to social media need to set the electronic down and experience life in order to keep themselves grounded in reality. So there most certainly is a cognitive component to this social media thing, which is why people keep going back. And it's because of that dopamine rush that comes when they see likes from their posts. There is a thing like that. It's very much like snorting cocaine. You're going to get that hit of dopamine that's going to stick around for a couple minutes until the next light comes in, until the next bump comes in, until the next line is ready to be railed by you. That's what you're doing. You're waiting. You're just waiting for the lines to be lined up, crushed up, and set every time you're waiting for a like. It's always been the wrong reason to post. Same with this YouTube shit. 
my favorite thing about Joe Rogan has always been that he's never, ever looked at the numbers. He's never looked at YouTube. He doesn't look at comments. And he's fucking smart for it. Why the fuck would you do that? Why? You know there will inevitably be more people saying negative shit because you're doing something positive for yourself. And you're having a positive effect on the culture and around the people around you. And people want a piece of that and don't know how to get it. So they're going to come at you and they're going to say dumb shit. Okay? Whatever you're doing, whatever endeavor you engage in, regardless, it should be for yourself. It shouldn't be for other people. I mean, to a degree, it is for sure. Yes, we understand that. We like to interact. We want to put our voices out. We want to share our ideas. We want to have some curation from the outside world. I want to have some kind of connection here. You know, even though it's not, it's it's synthetic in a way, you know, to have a connection with your audience or whatever you want to call it. It's cool. That's cool. Building communities and putting yourself out there and seeing what you attract. That's interesting. It's cool. It's a great social experiment that I get to play with and try. But the minute I start to give a shit about the likes and the subs and the dislikes is the minute that I, my brain is in the wrong spot. Nobody should be changing the quality of your work unless they want to improve it. If people are like, hey, Amy, you could do this better, you could do that better, I would totally take that into account. But if you're going to come at me with you're a fucking asshole, you're a whore, you're a slut, this kind of shit, why? Why does anybody need to hear that? You do not know me. And no person who's sitting here creating content for you to listen to should have to answer to you if you're going to talk to them like that. And that's why in my world, you get a fucking block, dude. No access. If you want to come at me disrespectfully, first of all, I do appreciate that you came at me honestly and that's how you feel. And I'm going to take that at face value and now you can get the fuck off my comment section. You can get the fuck out. You are the people I want less of. You are the kind of people the world needs less of, but we're not going to see less of you. So we have to take the initiative to cut you out. And that's what we're going to do. That's what you do with cancer. You radiate it. You cut it out. You get it the fuck away from you. Because that shit multiplies exponentially. And you don't want that. Because that's just some dumb shit. (laughs) And that's what I appreciate. I appreciate that about Rogan. Never care. He did a really cute interview with Jordan Peterson on Peterson's channel. And it was a really cute, just adorable video call. You know, and um, it was flipped. Jordan Peterson was actually interviewing Rogan, and that doesn't happen very often. And he was talking about that. And I appreciate that. I love that. And that's always going to be something that I, that's a deeply operative principle with my social media, whatever you want to call it, endeavor. I post what I want to post and what I feel like posting and say what I want to say. If you don't like it and you're going to come at me in a way I don't like, I will just remove it because I don't need to see that stuff, first of all. And second of all, I'm trying to create a positive environment, a good environment, where people can actually give me feedback and have given me feedback. And I've responded to it as well because I like the dialogue. 
It's nice to have the monotony broken up and have somebody tell you they disagree. And you can do that in a nice way. And that's what I want practice doing. So if you want to come at me with your respectful disagreements, hey, hey, I'm here for that. But if you just want to swear at me because you're a goddamn bag of knots, I don't want your knots near me. I'm trying to detangle my own. All right, motherfucker? Are we clear? Do we understand the terms and conditions of Amy? Do I need to get you an Amy handbook? Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding, yo. Just kidding. Just be a chill purse, okay? Just be a chill purse. Be a chill person. Relax. Calm yourself. It's not that serious, bro. It's not that serious. It ain't that serious. But man, do people piss me off. (laughs) Man, do you lot piss me off. I just want to have a good time, good time. Why are you always trying to step on lines, step on lines? I'm just trying to have a good time. And I just made my own rhyme, own rhyme. I could sit here making rap songs, rap songs. (laughs) Maybe I could get you sing along, sing along. (laughs) Speaking of talking, I've been having these really bad talking habits lately because I'm getting real comfortable. You're going to hear, you've been hearing a lot more dudes and bros and ums and likes. And I've been trying not to do those things, but I've got to tell you, it is quite a challenge. It is quite a challenge when it gets silent to just hold the pause. Because I'm not an expert like Sam Harris who never says like or um or any filler words and just pauses and then speaks. He gives himself a moment to think, deliberate, and then say what he's about to say. And that's the way to go. That's something that I need to somehow be even more aware of because I don't realize it until later when I'm listening and I'm like, oh, the dudes, the mans. The bros, the likes, the ums. Listen, ho. Learn to talk properly. Properly. Not partially. Properly. (laughs) But then I don't want to be that hard on myself, you know? Because we all kind of talk like that. We all have a little bit of some sort of speech something. Right? I'm just going to pretend that so I can make myself feel a little bit better about it. Man, oh man. This throat thing that's happening with me. I heard that Google on Father's Day didn't have a Father's Day doodle. It said Happy Parents Day. And that's just fucking rude, Google. I heard it from Gavin. I doubt he's lying, but actually, why don't I check? Why don't I check right now? 2019 Father's Day Doodle. Let's see. 2019 Father's 
de Google Doodle. Let's see. Happy Father's Day. With a three-part animation. I just want to see it. Because I thought Gavin had said that it said Happy Parents' Day, but it looks like it said Happy Father's Day. Oh, no. I guess it was misinterpreted. Because if that was the actual case, that it was Happy Parents' Day instead of Happy Father's Day, I was getting ready to go on an I'm offended rant. Can we just give the men Father's Day? Do we not appreciate the importance of good fathers? Should we not celebrate the dads who sacrifice for their family and took care of their kids like proper men do? Only to find out that, well, it's bullshit. It's a happy Father's Day. So, Gavin, not happy about that, but whatever, I'll let it go. I hope that was a mistake. I hope it wasn't a purposeful lie. Because I don't like that. You know, it's like people who talk about Trump. Dude, the guy's already bad enough. You don't have to make shit up about him. But the minute you do, you're now losing credibility for yourself. And it makes no fucking sense. Just don't lie to make your case stronger. Don't. Don't do it. Do not do it. Okay? If something's already bad, you don't need to make it worse. It's already bad. Doesn't that make sense to y'all? Am I the only one that makes sense to... If someone's that fucked up, you shouldn't have to lie about them to begin with. You just talk about how fucked up they are. Probably because they are. Anyways. (laughs) I've rambled on and on. I've got to respond to some of your comments. Thanks for leaving those. Always good to hear from you guys. You know how to reach me. All the information is in the description box. For anybody that is on the um, listening platforms, you are welcome to come check out the YouTube channel. I did start the platform off at episode 100 just because I didn't feel the need to go all the way back. If you would like to, All the episodes are sitting at the YouTube channel. The link is in the Simplecast. Um, If you click the Simplecast link, you'll see the description there. And the YouTube link is there. And you can check it out there. Other than that, I think I've gassed myself out with things to say. And many of those thoughts were incomplete. I'm sure I will revisit them because I'd like to get more off my chest how jaded and angry and cynical I am. But not really, though. But it's there. I deal with it. And, uh, I mean, we all kind of do, don't we? Anyways, we'll chat soon, my friends. Have a great day. It's hump day. Do yourself a favor, Google some nice big booty and enjoy your goddamn day. Life is not that bad. It's quite fantastic, okay? Be nice to the people you love. And check on your friends and see how they're doing and shit. Say hi. Initiate, alright? Once in a while, be the person who sends the text and says hi. Hey, how are you? I've been thinking about you. Make people feel special. Because you can. And you know what? It's the littlest gesture. And people love that shit. People are so happy when you ask them how their day's going. You can do it. Be a sweetie, okay? 
Be a big sweetie face. We need more sweetie faces. More sweetie faces. All right, guys. We'll chat soon. Big kiss. Bye.